Thanks for joining us. You're about to listen to another Sunday worship service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.
morning. Welcome to Worship of Clarkston United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Amy. And I'm Pastor Megan. Before we start worship, we have a few announcements for you. The first is please register your attendance. In every pew, you'll find a card uh, where you can fill out your name and your contact information. Drop those cards in the black boxes as you leave. They have a blue sign above them that say attendance cards, offering cards, and prayer cards. If you have prayer requests, you can place those in those boxes as well. There's a QR code for your convenience if you'd like to scan that with your smartphone and register online. Uh, Those of you who are online with us this morning, and we know there are many of you streaming, please register your attendance through our website so that we know that you're with us and we can continue to connect with you. By now, you may have heard that our theme for Lent is love in action, and there are a lot of ways that you can live that out with the church this Lent. Uh, One of them is we're selling t-shirts and sweatshirts and all kinds of good uh, gear so you can help promote love in action out in the community. Um, Please get your orders in. You can order through the website. If you have questions about that, you can uh, talk to folks in the office or talk to me or or Pastor Amy. We'd love to help you purchase a t-shirt. And another way to promote love in action and our church is we have yard signs as well um, in the gathering space by the welcome table. If you haven't yet gotten a yard sign and you would like one, please uh, feel free to take one, put it in your yard, and let everybody uh, help everyone get this message. And of course, we have had a variety of missional service events throughout Lent, and there are more to come. There is one today at noon following the 11 o'clock service. We will be tying blankets and packing spring break lunches. Um, there also is a, a light lunch provided, so if you'd like to eat and then come and tie some blankets with us, we would love to have you, love to have you help put love into action here in this community. And I did also hear that if you're not able to be here after the 11 o'clock service, but you'd still like to tie a blanket, you're welcome to go um, after the 9 to just go down and work on a blanket. Uh, Next Saturday, our Love in Action Day is to go to the South Flint Soup Kitchen. Um, Jeremy Dean and Bob Wyatt are coordinating that event. And you can sign up on the website. It begins at 9 o'clock, and there will be carpooling. So uh, make sure you do that. And today, uh, you may have noticed as you came in, there were a whole bunch of baked goods. Um, Our high school seniors are doing a bake sale for their trip to um, give kids the world this summer. And so if you'd like, um, it's all by donation. Perhaps you want to take that and then go shop there and then go make a blanket or something. Um, We hope you'll support that, uh, that mission. Today is the final Sunday to order Easter flowers. Believe it or not, Easter is coming very quickly. You'll find a card in every pew. If you'd like to make an order, you also can order online, and you'll see more information when you go to place your order. Um, Thank you for doing that. And with that, we now invite you into this time of worship that we might join our hearts and voices in praising God. Please stand as you are comfortable and join me in the call to worship. The text will be on the screen so that you can follow along. You are invited to join in saying the words that will be in bold type. God has set this day before us. The day is set apart, the day of rest and grace. God has set our lives before us. God has set God's seal upon our hearts. So that we might 
Let us worship God. you to greet one another. If you're online, perhaps you'll uh, send a greeting, and let's just welcome all one another into worship. As you find your way back to your seats, throughout Lent we have been and will continue to highlight examples of people from this church who have put love into action. And this morning we have a story from Terry Minton, one of our church members, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about a mission trip that he took to Puerto Rico. So let's take a look at this video of putting love into action. I just wanted to share with you a couple of mission experiences I've had here at the church. In 2019, um, Lou and Brenda Dupree were at the men's breakfast and had an opportunity to go to Puerto Rico. So I jumped at the chance, uh, 11 of us went, and we had an awesome experience. Uh, if you've never been on a mission trip, you get to know a lot of people. Uh, you do devotionals every day. Uh, it's a great experience. I wanted to go right back on the next trip that they had back. And, they, and we scheduled a trip with uh, another group in 2021, and it got canceled. 
because of COVID. As the year passed, uh, things got a little bit better there. There were some restrictions, but I was able to get back, and I was actually the first group back uh, just this past January 15th to the 22nd. Another great experience. Um, these people have a love for God. The first time we went, we went from Thursday to Thursday. So we worked a couple days, and then we went to a church service. This time when we went, we went from Saturday to Saturday. So we hadn't worked on a house yet, and we went to the church service. It's part of what we do. We get to go see a, it's a praise band, and it's all in Spanish. Well, the keyboard player stopped in the middle of the service, came out in front of all of us, and he said, we are praying for you, and we thank you for coming out here but we are also praying for your families back home because you left them to come to help us. And man, that really touched me and it touched the, the ladies next to me. We all had tears in our eyes. Um, she looked at me and she said, we haven't even done anything yet. So and that's the part of mission when you go and you're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You're, you're, you're doing God's work, but the appreciation that people show to you, you just get back so much more um, when, you, when you actually do serve. One of the greatest things that we had available to us is when we went on the first trip is we had people here helping us through the pandemic. We didn't know what was going on and we had people here taking care of things for us. Um, we had people handling the money, knowing where the money went and uh, your gifts are very important too. It helps with a scholarship program that I was able to take advantage of. Um, I still work. And it was nice to take advantage of the scholarship program that they have here. Um, also, United Methodist has a first mission gift. We'll give you $100 towards your first, gift, first mission if you, you choose to do that. We ended up taking that money and donated it to Rihase, which is the company that does all the construction in Puerto Rico. So whenever you get a chance, if you can, just talk to anybody that's done a mission and you'll understand why it's important. So I just wanted to say thanks. prayer request to share with all of you. Um, please be in prayer for Scott and Lori Bailey on the passing of Scott's mother, Barbara Bailey. There will be visitation at Wint on Tuesday, um, and there will also be visitation on Wednesday morning from 10 to 11. The funeral will be here at the church at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. So again, please be in prayer for the Bailey family. And then, of course, we continue to pray for Ukraine. We have our flowers on the altar representing the national flower of Ukraine, and we're blessed to have some women from the Ukrainian National Women's League of America here with us this morning, and you'll get to hear them sing later on in our service. Um, 
but please continue in your prayers for Ukraine and for the conflict and all those who are affected. And now I'd invite you to join me in an attitude of prayer. Will you pray with me? Holy and creating God, sometimes we can't help ourselves. We want to remain calm, but we also can't help obsessing over social media or the news or our patient portal from our doctor's office. We want to find hope, but we also find ourselves troubled, troubled by world events or by family conflict or by uncertainty for the future. We desperately want to reconnect with the holy, but we also find ourselves distracted and unsettled and bothered by tiny things. Be with us, Lord. Give us calm, give us hope, give us reconnection. We can't get these things for ourselves. Renew us and refresh us. Refresh the world. As we pray together the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
The scripture reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 through 31 and 37 through 39. But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For the measure you'll give will be the measure you get back. He told them a parable, can a blind man guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word lavish. Now, if you Google the word, the first definition that comes up is sumptuously rich, extravagant, and luxurious. And then right after that is a website for lavish Alice, going out dresses, and party attire. It seems like a word that we wouldn't necessarily associate with Jesus and discipleship, right? Well, the third chapter of the book Reckless Love, which we've been reading throughout Lent by Tom Berlin, is called Lavish Love. And Berlin writes, Jesus' call to constant love could be understood as a call to lavish love. Just as the fullness of God's love has been freely, generously, and unconditionally poured out upon us, so are we called to lavish love and offer it freely, generously, and without condition. Now, it's a tall order, one that could totally change the way we live our lives. But how do we do it? Well, our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke. It is the Sermon on the Plain. I know you're thinking, the Sermon on the Plain, what's that? I've heard of the Sermon on the Mount, but what's the Sermon on the Plain? Well, the Sermon on the Mount comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and the Sermon on the Plain comes from the Gospel of Luke. You see, Matthew and Luke and Mark are all considered synoptic Gospels, And each one of them has some items in common, some stories in common, and especially Matthew and Luke, because while they have Mark as a source, they also have another source in common, and so they have some overlap. But they also have their own perspectives and experiences, and so that's how we end up with the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. They're basically the same. Things are worded a little bit differently. But what they are and what here um, we understand with the Sermon on the Plain is they're Jesus' instructions for living. You see, the scripture that leads up to our um, 
piece of, or up to the Sermon on the Plain in the Gospel of Luke, is all about how the disciples are called. So they're called to ministry, Jesus inviting them to come and follow him. So after that, then we're given the Sermon on the Plain. And now, in the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus is telling them what it means to actually follow him. You've said yes, now here's what that looks like. Berlin says, The Sermon on the Plain is an orientation lecture from the rabbi to his disciples on the nature of God's love that they are expected to exhibit. He's saying, if you're doing this job well, this is what it looks like. You're not judging. You're not condemning. You're not, you are forgiving. You're turning the other cheek. You're treating others the way you want to be treated. And you're loving your enemies and blessing those who curse you. That's not an easy list. Basically, if you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to be the most loving person possible. We, too, call ourselves disciples, and we're called to offer that same kind of love, a lavish love. First uh, Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, maintain constant love for one another, For love covers a multitude of sins. And one another is a phrase that we often use and we hear and we say, and I think sometimes we don't understand the full breadth of the phrase. Love one another doesn't seem that hard when we look around at each other. Well, yeah, sure, we can love one another. It can feel like just that, just each other right here around me. But love one another means love everyone, not just those with whom we choose to associate. Basically, the scripture says that we are to value others so very much that we maintain constant love for everyone we encounter. I want you to think about that. Can you imagine what it would look like to maintain constant love all the time? Imagine starting your day with the intention of constant love for all people and all your relationships and all your encounters. How would it shape your daily interactions? Uh, A few years ago, our family went to Florida. We stayed in Orlando, and one night we decided to go over to Disney's Polynesian Resort, and they had a luau, and so we went for the luau dinner and as we walked in to the, to the resort, into the area, like the lobby, um, this woman was there, and she was handing out lays. And she came up to each one of us, and she gave us the lay. But the thing was, when she gave us the lay, she put the lay over my head, and she looked me in the eye, and she said, I am so glad you are here. Just like that. And I felt, I really believed that she was so glad that I was here. It wasn't just her job. She really meant it. And it made me want to be that nice to other people and say, wow, I'm so glad we're doing this together. And isn't this wonderful? And I'm so glad you're here. It's what we want people to feel like when they walk into the doors of our church. The thing is, we can be like that woman. We can be those people who make others feel loved just by the way that we treat them. 
What would it look like if we could extend that to others through a smile, to everyone we pass or stand behind in the grocery line or the airplane, airport security line? And what if we took it even beyond just smiling and allowed love to affect every interaction that we have, every choice that we make, how we spend our money, how we use our time, how we engage with the world around us so that we are, in fact, loving lavishly. Um, in the book club that I lead, the very first book that we read was called The Book of Joy. And it was a story of, Bez of Bishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama and a week that they spent together talking about joy. It was a wonderful book and I highly recommend it to you. But it really sparked some interesting conversation. And um, we were talking about how do you extend joy and how do you um, be loving to the people who are driving so slowly on the road or who are cutting you off and you're so frustrated and so annoyed? And uh, Vicki Watson, who's a part of the groups, uh, shared a story about how when she got married, um, her in-laws came in and were able to take uh, extra time to help out and they asked if there was anything that they could do for her and she said, well, yes, you could pick up our wedding cake in Detroit and drive it out to Addison Oaks. And so they did. And they drove very, very slowly. And lots of people honked. And lots of people were frustrated and annoyed with them. But she said, ever since then, when she gets behind a car that's going very slowly, she thinks, Maybe there's a wedding cake in the trunk. <laughs> or she recalls driving home with her newborn baby. Maybe they're driving home from the hospital for the first time. Or she talked about uh, someone in her, her life who um, had a stroke and was then driving for the first time after the stroke and how he drove slowly. And, uh, and so she said, so I've just, I started making this list so that whenever I'm caught in that kind of a time, I just think, well, maybe this is happening, and I try to empathize instead of get frustrated and then extend grace. When we are loving lavishly, generously, we are generous with our patience, with our kindness. We're willing to slow down. We're being generous with our time and we recognize that we're part of a larger circle, and so we want to extend love lavishly. Uh, a book that I've been talking about in this series uh, as well is called Everybody Always by Bob Goff, and I've told you before, he has some kind of outlandish stories um, that you just think, did this really happen? But they did. Well, this is one of those stories. So Bob Goff um, had a yellow pickup truck, and it was like new when he bought it, but he didn't take good care of it. And so when the truck hit 100,000 miles, it was in bad shape and hadn't even ever had the oil changed. I know. <laughs> the gas cap was broken. The doors wouldn't lock. The windshield wipers didn't work. Bob was a new lawyer for a big law firm in San Diego, and cash was tight for him and downtown parking was too, and his firm couldn't fit all of the cars under the building, 
Um, and so they had to park in the fancy lot across the street. Now, each employee was given $200 a month to park there, but money was tight for Bob, so he decided to keep the cash and find a place on the street to park. And so he found a spot by the railroad tracks that was about a 20-minute walk from his job. On one winter's day, he uh, left work early and went to his truck and found that there was a man who was homeless sitting in the driver's seat. Now, the doors were unlocked, right? The, they didn't work. And uh, so he must have gotten in. His shopping ba uh, cart was just pressed up there against the passenger door. And he sat there with his hands on the steering wheel. Bob walked up and he sheepishly tapped on the window. And he felt like he was interrupting the guy. And the guy waved and stared ahead, hands on the wheel. He tapped again, and the guy waved and rolled down the window and said to Bob, can I take you anywhere? <laughs> and Bob said, not today. And he opened the door and let him out, and the guy got out, patted Bob twice on the shoulder, and walked away whistling. And Bob just stood there. Well, the next day, Bob parked in the same place, and the same thing happened. He left work, he came to the truck, he tapped on the window, the man said, can I take you anywhere? And then left. And it happened like this for months. They didn't talk too much. Bob writes, uh, they didn't talk too much. They didn't really hear each other's stories. Bob writes, what this man really needed was a secure place to spend his days, somewhere warm and dry. And what I really needed was to feel like I was being helpful. We were both doing something about it. We never got each other's names or stories, but we liked seeing each other at the end of the day, and we found a rhythm. One day, when Bob went to his truck, his friend wasn't there, and he opened the door and he saw why. The truck was trashed, and so his friend must have felt ashamed, and that was the end. Jesus says in his sermon, do not judge. Do not condemn. Treat people like you want to be treated. If you were in this man's position, how would you want to be treated? If you were in Bob's position, can you imagine extending that kind of grace, that kind of love? When we're living generously, we extend grace, we extend worth. People feel valued as the children of God that they are. Now, Bob's story is not very likely to happen to any of us. It's pretty extreme. Our experience will be more like the one that Wayne Wills shared with me about Shelley Thornton. Several, Wayne wrote, several years ago as our paths crossed in our church building, I noticed that Shelley was talking with a person in the main hallway. I didn't know the person, nor did Shelley, but it was obvious that the person seemed distressed. As I watched, Shelley quickly pulled out a $20 bill from her purse and gave it to this person. The person was very thankful and left the building. I asked Shelley about their conversation, and Shelley said that there was a need for food. And I asked Shelley why she hadn't directed this person to one of the pastors or others in order to verify or vet the validity of the need. Shelley simply said, 
I felt that the urgency was valid, and that was all I needed to know. And besides, it's between God and the man anyway. Do not judge lest you be judged. When we love lavishly, we begin with the understanding that each person is a child of God. And we love them the way that God does, without condition or judgment, from a place of forgiveness and generosity. You remember when you were a kid, or I remember when I was a kid, um, there was that song, The Magic Penny. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Love is like the magic penny. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. I'm not going to sing it because... I'm not in that space today, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure I have the tune all correct. But anyway, the idea is that love is, grows when you give it away. There's no shortage of love. If you're willing to give it away, you'll always have it. But we can certainly squander it or squelch it or not practice it, or we can love lavishly and find out just how rich we are as we practice generosity in all things and find that it fills our souls and draws us closer to God. Not to mention having the power to change the world. Amen. One of our core values here at Clarkston United Methodist Church is life-changing generosity. And we see that played out in a whole variety of ways throughout our church community and into the broader Clarkston community. Sometimes it's as simple as sharing coffee. We have our front porch coffee out uh, to the right of the sanctuary as you exit. And we have so many volunteers who show up each week to serve coffee and during the week and, and, of course, on Sunday mornings. It's such a gift 
It's such a little thing, but can be such a significant life-changing time in in the life of a child or the life of somebody who shows up and, and just really needs to be loved and receive a hot, warm beverage. We, of course, have our food pantry that shares food with those in need throughout the Clarkston community. Um, And then beyond our food pantry, we have a little free pantry outside of the building um, and a little free library, which our middle school fuel youth put together, which is very cool. Then we have things like scholarship opportunities for the Hugh Rose Scholarship, which is for non-traditional students returning to school or pursuing certification programs or other kinds of education. We have our college scholarships. We offer scholarships to camp for kids who want to go to camp for the summer. Um, And then we do other just kinds of fun things, like we give out donuts in the parking lot when the kids walk to school for their walk to school day at Clarkston L. There's all kinds of ways that we live out generosity, and we want to invite you to participate in that through our Love in Action events and through other service opportunities. To give a donation to support the work that happens here at this church, you can give through our website. You can text to give. The number's on the screen. You can mail in checks if you're online with us. Um, And then, of course, you can just drop your gifts in those black boxes as you exit. Remember to put your prayer requests and your attendance cards in there as well. However you choose to give, We give thanks. Your gifts really make a difference in the lives of people here and in the broader community and even across the world. Thank you for your generosity.
Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for all the many ways that you bless us. Thank you, O God. We offer our blessings, our offerings back to you, knowing that you will take them and use them for the furtherance of your kingdom here on earth. All of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And at this time, I am uh, very pleased to invite forward women from the Ukrainian National Women's League of, Amer of America. Um, and they're going to sing a few songs with us. So, if, ladies, if you'll come forward now. Um, this past Wednesday, I was sitting in my office, and Olga from uh, the Ukrainian National Women's League of America stopped by and said, could we come and sing at your church? Well, who's going to say no to that, right? <laughs> As we continue to pray uh, for peace in, the U in Ukraine, um, we are so grateful to have these women here with us. They help to make it personal for us to realize how really close to home this comes. And so, um, as they come forward, <laughs> they'll come forward in a second. This is the magic penny. <laughs> We are so glad to welcome you today. Thank you for coming and being with us.
They will be with us um, in the gathering space, so you can come and learn more about the Ukrainian National Women's League of America and all that they're doing to support our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Uh, they will have a donation basket there so that we can give and support and help them uh, in their efforts. But thank you so much for being with us. Um, I, they didn't want to speak because they thought they'd get emotional, but you know, that's how it goes. Um, so we're so glad to have you. And um, please do uh, stop and talk with them. And now uh, I invite you to stand uh, as you are comfortable and we will sing together, You Are the Seed. <clears throat>
my friends out into the world, loving lavishly, loving generously and patiently and hopefully, and know that Christ goes with you. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday Worship Service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.